When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. It has been a crazy week here at Talking Real Money. Really has. All kinds of stuff. You know, we had an interview, which we don't do very often, with Robin Wigglesworth, who wrote Trillions, which is a terrific book. You can go listen to that podcast. It's up now. There's also a videocast version of it. But today is the Q&A day here on Talking Real Money, Q&A or C&C, which is comment and comment. Uh, you can call in your questions at 855-935-TALK, or you can type them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. But we really prefer that you go to TalkingRealMoney.com and do like so many are doing now, because people have decent mics on their computers, and speak your question, because it's so easy for me to edit in, and it sounds so much better. Like, here's a good example. Hey, guys. This is Bob from Linwood calling. I've got a question about Roth contributions. I can't, cannot find the answer to this question. My wife's going to take time off from work next year. And um, she, so she's not going to get W-2 income, but she's going to, you know, make some money on the side. She does consulting and so forth. But it, it's um, not W-2 income. So does, does, does that count towards income in terms of being able to contribute to her Roth? Can she still put money in even though she's not getting a regular W-2 paycheck? On a similar vein, we have to get um, our own insurance. We have to buy our own insurance next year, health insurance. Since she won't be at her job, neither one of us will be um, at a job with insurance. So can we do an HSA? Do you have to be an W-2 employee or whatever, does your company have to um, administer the insurance to do an HSA? I don't, I don't understand um, how could there be matching if you're not working. So that's that's my second question. Thank you. You have to have earned income to do any kind of an IRA. So as long as she has earned income on which she's paying taxes, doesn't even have to necessarily be 1099 income, although her the, the payor could get into trouble for not filing a 1099. Um, she just has to be able to document that it is earned income, and she should be able to do that. But her, her if she's doing consulting work, she's going to get 1099s. And uh, that, in, that, that allows you to make the maximum allowable contribution to a uh, an IRA or a Roth IRA. As for the insurance, yeah, you can get an HSA with a private insurance policy. It just has to be a qualified high deductible insurance policy. There are certain policies that qualify to have an HSA associated with them and certain policies that don't. So when you go out shopping for insurance, make sure it's HSA qualified. And then you can open an HSA with most of the of the better 
cheap brokerage houses, mutual fund companies, because in an HSA, if you don't use it all, it can continue to grow and help fund your retirement. So in both cases, you're actually in very similar shape to where you were before, although you're going to find buying your own health insurance is really expensive. Thank you for the question. We really do appreciate it. The next one comes in from a call to 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Hi, I've been self-employed my whole life, and that's more than 30 years, pushing 40 years. And we are using the solo 401k and a Roth, solo Roth 401k. And I heard you talking about a 53-year-old man that self-employed and he was basically a novice on saving and investing. But for us being erratic um, income, that 401k, you don't have, being self-directed, you can have the total stock market at your disposal. You're not limited by a company plan. And the other point I want to make is that if you have a bad year or a poor year, you don't have to make an uh a massive investment that year. You can put in put in as little or as much as you possibly can within certain limits. And if you're over 55 or 50 years old, there's that bump up. So I just wanted to throw that out because I haven't heard you mention the solo 401k and solo Roth 401k, which are self-directed. And I think that's a giant omission because when you can only put away $7,000 in a Roth, that is just so slow compared to if you work for a company and you can use a simple or a 401k plan. Thank you. Bye. Well, thanks for the great advice. This is the comment portion of the program. Uh, it is very wise advice, and I don't remember the particulars of that qu- that question or that call, but uh, you're absolutely right. The solo plans are very, very good for uh for people who don't have access or are aren't eligible for a plan at work because it does allow you to contribute at a potentially higher level again those with really low income and again i do not remember the particulars um you know it may just be easier from a setup standpoint if you're never going to put more than you know a few thousand dollars away just do the regular roth ira but yeah for those cases where you can put more away what you said is absolutely true, and it is a very powerful program for the self-employed. Thanks so much for your call and your information. And now we go back to somebody who sent a question and spoke it in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Hi, this is Dave from Salem, Oregon. And I have about $100,000 that I want to invest in some uh, mutual funds. Um and one specifically that will reduce taxes, like an index fund or whatever, and maybe split half of it for the U.S. and half of it for international or something. Um, I just want to do something more than the 0.5%, sometimes 0.25% that I'm getting now. So uh, li- listen to your con- your uh, co- podcast all the time. Love it. Thanks. Oh, I was so ready to give you an answer there at the beginning of your question. I was so ready because you said U.S., international, and I'm going, okay, stocks, right? You're good with that. You're good with the risk, right? Then I suddenly thought maybe not. 
Because then you said the money's coming out of a savings account. And this is the question that scares both of us more than any other. It is the propensity of people today to look at these low interest rate environments at banks and think, well, people are making a lot of money in the stock market. Maybe I should join them. People have been making a lot of money in the stock market. And they have, over long periods of time, made more money in the stock market than they would have made at banks or with fixed income securities of any kind. However, there's that problem that stocks have, and that is they'll go down a lot someday. I guarantee it. I just don't know when. And I don't know by how much, and I don't know how long it will last, but it will be painful when it happens, psychologically and financially. If you're not prepared to potentially lose half the money and wait patiently for it to someday recover, which it should do, but we don't know when, then you don't move from a savings account to stocks. You just don't do it. If you are comfortable with the risk, go take our risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com. If you are totally comfortable with it, then I would have suggested something like VT, which is the Vanguard Total World Stock Index, which very easily gets you U.S. and international all in one portfolio. The other thing you could do if you're looking for a more diversified portfolio with less risk but still risk is look at a target date fund. And almost everybody has target date funds. Fidelity has them. Vanguard has them. You know, the, the, Almost the entire universe of index fund providers has target date index funds. And uh, they can do quite well at times. But they also have their downside. They're not as safe as a bank account. There is nothing as safe as a bank account or even similarly safe that will yield substantially more. Thank you for stopping by. Another one came in from TalkingRealMoney.com. And here we go. I have noticed that mutual funds and ETFs with different categories of stocks tend to have different rates of portfolio turnover. For example, I saw that Schwab's REIT as well as um, some international small cap value ETFs have portfolio turnovers higher than 50% compared to some large cap blend ETFs that have portfolio turnovers of 3 or 4%. I would imagine that mutual funds with high portfolio turnovers would generate lots of taxable events in a regular brokerage account. Would this be true for ETFs with high portfolio turnover? Should I worry about high portfolio turnover for ETFs in a brokerage account? Generally speaking, turnover in both index funds and index ETFs, which are very similar beasts, and if you want to know more about the differences between them, listen to the uh, the interview we did with Robin Wigglesworth. <laughs> Sorry, Robin. I just mangled your name. Robin Wigglesworth, who wrote the book Trillions, which is the history of the index industry. But, but, 
real estate real estate funds have had a slightly higher level. I can't speak specifically to the Schwab, but I went and looked up a bunch of real estate ETFs and and I found turnover ratios historically in the five to eight percent range, which is not that's still very, very low. But you mentioned small cap and you mentioned international small cap. And internet all of the small cap markets, the index markets, have much higher turnover than the large cap stock markets. They they have to. Think about it logically. Their prices swing more rapidly. They either succeed big time, a few of them, which which is why small cap stocks have done so well historically is that a few of them go from being small cap to big cap in a very short period of time. And what happens when a stock goes from small cap to large cap? It leaves the small cap index. So it has to be sold and replaced with something else. And some of those something else's maybe companies that will fare as well. That'll go out of business or will drop down to micro caps, which happens a lot too. And when they drop down to micro caps, they fall out of the small cap index. They move into the micro cap index, which increases volatility. So you have to look at volatility in reference to other similar portfolios, not in the entire universe of investments. It's not a fair comparison. Small cap will be more volatile. Absolutely. Thanks for your question. I do appreciate it. Here's one that came in at 855-935-TALK. Hi, retired as of April, and I just got a notice from Social Security that my benefits will be reduced 300 bucks a month due to projected income from last year. And the problem is I sold a house, and then to pay for the building of the new house, I've had to take some money out of retirement accounts. So... Um, how do I offset losing $300 a month that I would be getting from my Social Security payments or 350 And how can I help myself tax-wise? Thanks. Whoa. <laughs> okay. That is a really, really, really hard question. As a matter of fact, that question is so hard as to be in this venue impossible to answer. I see what happened. You made too much money, so Social Security is going to is, is going to reduce your payout because you made so much money last year. Um pays to do some planning. It really does. And this is one of those things where I, I'm going to have to say you need help. You need an advisor. You need a fee-only, 100% fiduciary advisor to help you figure this stuff out. Because this is the kind of thing an advisor helps with. And they help with it before the fact. Before the fact. They help you find better ways to do things. They help you find more tax-advantaged ways to do things. They help you find ways to generate additional income if it's possible. But remember, generating additional income from an existing portfolio either means you're going to be drawing it down faster or you're absolutely going to need to increase your level of risk. So there are so many moving parts and all of these parts interact and mesh with one another that it is it's an impossible question to ask to answer in anything less than hours of work. 
in an hour, certainly. But, uh, you know, you could talk to one of our advisors at Vestry because they will help you for a little while for free. But I think you're going to need more help than that. But, uh, you know, go to Vestry.com and set up an appointment with one of them and see what they can do for you. I wish you the best. One more before we call this one a podcast. This one came in, of course, from TalkingRealMoney.com because it sounds better. Hey, guys. Love the show. I started a new job, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with my old 401k that contains both traditional and Roth contributions. Both old and new job use Fidelity for the 401k, while all of my other investment assets are at Vanguard, managed under their personal advisor service. Do I roll my old 401k to the new 401k, sticking with Fidelity as the custodian? The new 401k has reasonable investment options and fees. Or do I roll to Vanguard, get the assets managed under personal advisor service and at my preferred brokerage, but along the way, lose the ability to do a backdoor Roth because of the pro rata rule? I understand this decision gets easier if Congress ends the backdoor Roth, but as the law stands today, what are your thoughts on what to do? Thanks so much. Oh, this one's pretty easy. This one's pretty easy. If you move it to Vanguard, you're going to pay the Vanguard advisory fee in addition to the cost of the funds. In your 401k, you may have a fee, but I can't imagine it will be as high. I don't know. It's something to check out. What kind of what kind of uh, custodial fees and the like do they have? But as you said, it's a good 401k. You're already in fidelity. It would just be a lateral move. You can keep the same asset allocation. I think as long as you continue to work, that's the better alternative. And as you mentioned, you got the backdoor Roth, but that's a tiny little potential benefit. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be my primary consideration. Costs would be my primary consideration. If the 401k is cheaper, then yeah, I would continue to do it. The other reason I might continue to do it is because you're going to be adding new money to this Fidelity 401k anyway, and having them together should allow you to better manage your asset allocation among those funds. So my first inclination is just move it to the new 401k. Thanks for the question. Thank you all for your questions. We truly appreciate them. And and remember, if you want to talk with us live every Saturday, we do that for two hours every Saturday. All you have to do is call the same number you call, 855-935-TALK, but call it between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Saturday afternoons. We do a live show on the radio in Seattle, and you can ask us questions during that because it becomes a podcast the next week. So remember, you can call us anytime, 855-935-TALK, but you can call us live on Saturdays from 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific, 855-935-TALK, or visit us at TalkingRealMoney.com. Also, Retire Meet is coming up both virtually and in person in Bellevue, Washington, and you can sign up for that at RetireMeet.com, RetireMeet.com. Money. 
We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.